Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hi, this is Billie Jean King. This is Marion Bartoli. I'm Mats Villander. This is Mary Carrillo. I'm Sandra Winka. I'm Leighton Hewitt. This is Yannick Noah, and you're listening to The Tennis Podcast. Well, Barbora Krachikova, the world number 33, is the newly crowned French Open women's singles champion. And who knows, tomorrow she could become the women's doubles champion as well, because she'll go again in the championship match tomorrow, uh, alongside partner Katerina Siniakova. But today, she is already a champion. She is already clutching the Suzanne Longland trophy. She and Pierre Rougebert and Nicolas Mayou have become French Open champions today. Of course, the uh, Herbert Mayou for the second time. And the reason I mention them in the same breath, because we'll we'll talk about Herbert Mayou's doubles win later, is because they have the same effect on me. And I think you too as well. And I hope lots of you listening, they just make you feel and I can't quite explain why they make you feel, but they certainly, they are three tennis players that give me all the feels. And I had a lot of feels when I watched Barbora Krachikova win her maiden Grand Slam title today, David and Matt. Actual David Law, I'm speaking to actual David Law. That is what he was referred to uh, as earlier on today by a passing fan. I am honoured, David. <laughs> to speak to you tonight what can i say <laughs> moving on um yeah. i witnessed this moment and it was epic <laughs> uh, anyway let's and move it, on and it's actual pierre rugebert no yeah <laughs> they didn't follow up with well, that yes indeed um yeah it's, it's quite a day isn't it we have we are having some emotion drenched days in tennis land at the moment and uh today was another one and and one of them familiar as you say because Eber and Mahu, this is not their first rodeo is it and yet they still drag you in they still look like it's the first time they've ever won a title and then you've got Krachikova who it was everything that I want to see in a first time Grand Slam champion that look of total and utter bewilderment that this cannot be happening and trying to, you know, you know, if people say, I'm just trying to take it in and they don't look like they're just trying to take it in. <laughs> she looked like she was bloody well trying to take it in. <laughs> and she just kept shaking her head. And it was so, so reminiscent of 1998 Jana Novotna 
facially and, and in mannerisms. And, oh, she was fabulous. And Kuchikova told us in her on-court uh, post-win interview that the last words that Jana Novotin said to her were just enjoy and try to win a Grand Slam. And I think it's safe to say that she did both of those things today, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, if nothing else happens in her career, I, I mean, and I'm sure it will. She is really, really good. Uh, and I mean, she's in the doubles final as well, but there's going to be loads happening in her career, I'm sure. But no matter what, this is so big in her life. And uh, yeah, she's she's already done it. I can't get over how different this story is to just what we were talking about 24 hours ago. You know, I'm, I'm thinking big picture here in terms of tennis. 24 hours ago, we were talking about two legends of the sport who we know everything about meeting for, what was it, the 58th time. And that was great. It was brilliant. It was another chapter in a story that's already been written and it's just sort of increasing in length. And I just thought, today showed the other side of what you can get those sort of romance stories at a tournament like this where you okay we knew about Krikikova but we know so much more now and we're so much more invested in her now and this is someone who was stuck in the kind of quicksand of tennis for so long and has emerged and blossomed in these last nine months from outside of the top 100 Things can change and happen so quickly for players from relative obscurity to uh, sort of stardom, really. And I find that I find that very powerful how it can happen. And it and it happens at these slams. And I just think we've been on we've been on a journey <laughs> with Krejcikova these two weeks. And it was all it was all so emotional at the end. It, it felt like. Everyone got the payoff. Mm, her re- her receiving the trophy from Martina Navratilova was was really quite something, and I loved how much she embraced embraced that moment. Um, I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know if Anastasia Pavlyuchenkova saw the press release announcing that it was Navratilova that would be presenting the the trophy, and of course, had she won. It would still have been a lovely moment, and Navratilova would have been immensely supportive and everything. But it. It was far more poetic that it was Czech champion, Czech American champion Martina Navratilova that was was handing the trophy to to the sort of latest in the lineage of incredible Czech tennis players. It was, you know, all of the very obvious cliches about batons being passed around, wasn't it? Especially with all the Jana Novotna references in the air. yeah. And and I think because Martina is so responsible for paving the way for so many, and including Krichikovona, and she really, you could see, acknowledged that she was. She's been talking about it for two or three rounds. She's been acknowledging Mr. Kodesh, uh, the the great Czech Wimbledon champion from 1973, who was in the crowd, and uh, and it was, it was great the way she just sort of understood the the history of her nation within the sport and uh i mean to say nothing of the way she reacted to justine ennan i mean uh, all of these things that i just uh, her wide-eyed wonder at it all is yeah 
totally infectious. She's so disarming. The French Open sort of post post final ceremony is almost in two parts. They do a bit with Fabrice Santoro immediately after the match, and then they do the trophy ceremony. And in that first bit, she grabbed the mic, Krishikova. She she wants to tell her story. She wants people to know it, and I really love that about her. And you know, she I think she realizes the power of those moments as well you can't help sort of hanging on every word that she says and just wanting to know more about her story. It's it's amazing. She does, um, there's something about, she, she's 25, Krajikova, which, you know, Maria Sakkari's 25. It's, it's you know, there are, I suppose you've got the contrast of Coco Goff, but it's not that unusual these days for players not really to, to properly emerge uh, until sort of, you know, 22, 23, even as late as 25. I suppose that's the older end of the spectrum. But it does strike me that, you know, obviously if you were given the opportunity to win a Grand Slam as a teenager, you'll you'll take that any day of the week. But there's something about doing it when they're older, I think. I do think there's a better ability to pre- appreciate what's happening. I'm sure it'll still say, take some time to sink in. But as you say, that that real understanding of the history and where she sits within it now and the significance of this, that her name will forever be alongside Navratilova's and Jana Novotna's and Jan Kodesh's. He was a, a two-time French Open champion, I think. You know, that's not necessarily something that a, a teenager or even someone in their early 20s would understand. Um, and I think, yeah, that, that somehow makes it feel extra special and extra sweet. I think also because I think she was really questioning whether that this would ever happen. I mean, it's 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 only in Dubai when she qualif- when she didn't have to qualify that she was talking about how relieved she was to have got in without having to f- qualify. Finally, I can get in, and she went all the way to the final, and she lost out to Gabriela Magarutha. But this is a woman who was who's been battling it out in golf parlance for her tour card, really, you know, to try to just get into events and be relevant because she's so good at doubles as well. Do you concentrate on the doubles? Do you play singles? All this. I still don't quite get how somebody as good as her hasn't got there sooner. It's just such an interesting case study because her game is so well refined and thought out and she seems so aware of what she's got. And when to deploy it. She's never played Wimbledon in singles. No. Yeah, main draw. I, I, I think she's played qualifying, but she's never played main draw Wimbledon singles. Think, it was only her fifth yeah. Grand Slam main draw in singles. She is inexperienced at this level, and yet she handled it all like someone who is more experienced. And I think that's probably where her doubles comes in as well. And I think another thing about being an older champion an older someone to emerge and sort of have their life changed like this is look who knows what she will go on to do this might be the pinnacle it could well be she could well do loads more I don't know but I get the sense that she will be relatively unchanged as a person I I don't think this is going to change who she is and change the way she goes about things and actually again she referenced Jana Novotna in her press conference about that and she said Yana was unchanged by mm. her success and she always stayed polite and kind and nice to people. 
And that's and she always told me to do that as well. And I will try to do that. And I I believe that so much. I think she's kind of a she's down to earth. She's kind of a people's champion in that way. And I think she will I think she'll keep being that person. She's got an incredible sense of self, doesn't she? Mm. Um, and I think that's one of the many things that's magnetic about her. And you, you mentioned sort of how incredibly she handled the occasion and and held her nerve today. Well, in the very early early stages of that match, the opposite looked to be the case, didn't it? I mean, the fact that she handled it all so well in the end is doubly, triply, quadruply impressive given how much she was clearly feeling it at the start. Was, did she go a breakdown? Because I missed the first few games. I think she went a breakdown she, at the start. She, she, lost the, she, she lost the first game of the match. Yeah, and then she, she lost she went the on first game of the match and it was, it was pretty horrible. Pretty, you know, as is always the case when something like that happens in a final with first-time finalists, there's that sort of chill um, that spreads around the place um, or certainly spread around my living room <laughs> with only me in it uh, of, oh God, is this just going to be, you know, an hour, two hours of of watching some ball, somebody freeze um, in the spotlight on the, uh, in, in the pressure of the occasion. And she, I can't, you know, she must've been worrying that too. Oh my God, is it, is it going to be this story? Is this going to be my story today? Mm. And then she won, I think, six games in a row from Love One Down and 12 of the last 17 points of the set to take it six games to one. It was like she just just found it, just suddenly found it. Just suddenly that first game was erased. The, the nerves that she was feeling seemingly were gone and she just picked up exactly where she left off from the quarters and the semi-finals you know all those victories that we've waxed lyrical about where it looks like she's got an extra split second on the ball that other tennis players don't have where she just looks so smooth on both both wings and like she's got every option available to her and Pavlyuchenkova I think must have felt a little bit shell-shocked after that first set I was worried in the same way you were talking about the start of the match. I was worried for Pavlichenkova at the start of the second because I, I kept thinking as well, particularly after last night, please don't let this not be good, mm. you know, really one-sided. And that's, I, I feel bad saying that because if Krishikova had gone and just pasted a straight sets, well, credit to her. But the thing is, I mean, I thought it was a very good fight back from Pavlichenkova. I thought mm. that took some doing quite honestly. And then in the third set, it felt like they both started to play well at the same time. So it, it ended up being a, I don't know, just a really good occasion overall. Yeah, and she was she was break points down, Pavlyuchenko, in the first game of that second set. It, it At that stage, it was, I mean, she looked so comfortable, um, Krujikova at that point, just completely at ease um, <clears throat> and focused. And it, yeah, again, at the start of the second set, you thought perhaps it, a slightly different chill, chill descended, and it looked like it perhaps had the the um, the possibility of being incredibly one sided for for Krujikova. But I think coming back from a set down um, in in two previous very tight matches, I think against Azarenka and against Rabakina for Pavlyuchenkova, I think that must have really helped give her confidence um, in that moment because she just. She suddenly started middling it 
timing the ball so well. I think putting just a bit of extra pop on her strokes, it really felt like she was she was going for it, she was belting it, and it was you know they were going in. It was a it was a true purple patch in that second set for Pavlyuchenkova. Um, the the backhand was was glorious, I thought, and from sort of break points down in the opening game, suddenly she's breaking Krajikova and racing out into a lead, a lead of her own in that second set, and suddenly it's you know it's very much game on, isn't it? When was it that the injury came in to play? Because you know I was I was watching this match. I was also busy at Queens doing other things, but I read that Pavlyuchenkova said that she'd actually had an injury all tournament, which she hadn't really talked about that much. She picked it up, I think, in the Sabalenka match and was, was really quite sore for, the, for her remaining matches. And yet I also got the feeling that something specific happened in this match and seemed to affect her. There was a long medical timeout. It, it, so I think she hurt herself changing directions um, midpoint. There's been, been a lot of wrong footing shots this time I know that's just a general tactic on clay but people people wiser than me have been talking about the sort of stickiness of the clay this year and how wrong footing shots are are doing particular damage this year so I think she just got wrong footed hurt herself changing directions um, and it became apparent when she was serving at 5-1 I think, and she actually, so, you know, she's looking completely in control, but then she does get, she gets broken there despite having a a set point. And I think it's at that point that she calls the trainer uh, and gets some quite considerable treatment on her left thigh. And it's it's not looking great. (laughs) It's not looking great at that stage. I was really worried for her that she was going to have, that it was the sort of, muscle tear or something that would just end the match mm. make her unable to run about at all and I, I mean she was clearly managing it wasn't she but she I remember the quote from Krachikova the day before she said that Yana used to say to me just just play until you cramp <laughs> and, I, and I remember thinking you know that, that when you're in a final you can just throw yourself in there can't you and accept further injury even if that sounds really brutal but that's that's what mm-hmm. i'm sure pavlichenko was thinking and she i love the way how matter of fact she is about stuff in a in a post-match on-court interview she's just there's no frills she just says what she thinks and um and she gave it a right good go and and i think the there was a worthy winner out there critique of it deserves to win that french open but Pavlichenko definitely showed something that I've not really seen before in her. A Haribo-fueled right good go. Yeah. Yes, she was having Haribo while she was having a medical timeout. Mm. And and they are Judy Murray approved Haribo. Yes, apparently says, both Murray brothers always have them in their bag. Yes, certainly when they were juniors. Perhaps been entirely fueled on Haribo. Their constitutions were built on Haribo. What snacks would you have, Catherine, if you were a tennis player, courtside? Oh, I don't have much of a sweet tooth, but you know, I could, I could force some Haribo down if the moment demanded it. Uh, I could, I, I could definitely uh, do Twiglets. Big match, I think. I don't think there's ever a bad time for a Twiglet. Um, 
and what else could I do? Just just have a little waiter bring out a cheese board. I would gladly <laughs> accept that. <laughs> Reminds me of the eighties though, it, um, where they used to have a um, fridge a fridge in the eighties, and they'd just get out cans of coke yeah. and just start down in that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not. Wasn't it? Who was it last year at the French Open? I think it was Laura Siegman. Yes. Had um, had pot noodle had pot delivered. Had pot noodle with... delivered to the court. <laughs> with cutlery. Yeah. Well, y- you know, you'd want cutlery. Well, absolutely. <laughs> but, you know, proper cutlery. <laughs> Otherwise, you're drinking it, which yeah. is not going to work. Yeah. Um, no, I, I'm all for it. All for it. Whatever works. I mean, obviously, it didn't work for Pavlyuchenko today, but she did win that second set, six uh, two. <laughs> then there's a long uh, bathroom break for Krajikova, with which lots of people are up in arms about, and they shouldn't be. Um, so, uh, third set, game on. I mean, Pavlyuchenko is a bit, you know, she's a bit hampered, but she, she was, was just making a go for it, wasn't it? That was really good fun. This was the part of the match where I got the sense they were both playing well mm, at yeah. the same time. As as David said, that, that that start of the third set, things were really good from both players and it took something exceptional from Krejcikova to pull ahead in those final stages. I think it was the three-all game where she she played an unbelievably good game. Just I always think, again, I'm going to use another golf term, Sometimes when someone hits a really good drive, they, the commentators say they couldn't have placed it any better. And I feel like that about her ground stroke. She just strokes it into the corner exactly where she wants mm. and then pulls the opponent the other side all smoothly and almost nonchalantly. It's easy tennis, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, she, she does she, make she, it look scandalously like easy, doesn't she? She had a... Mm. It was a little... It was a surge that she it had. It was a surge, in, it was a, it, it, it was it a wasn't as beautifully timed surge. I think she won eight points in a row. Mm, it, it wasn't as loud as some of the surges <laughs> no. we've come to expect from some of the absolute greats of the game. But in her own way, it was a surge. And I just think I didn't. Well, I thought she might struggle physically in this match with all the tennis she's played. What a fortnight it's been for her, but I think I completely underrated this emotional and competitive spirit she's got that doesn't waver, doesn't falter. And when she needed it most, it was right there, right at the end of the match to just pull ahead. When she does hit the wall, I think it's going to be very dramatic, isn't it? It's going to be a David Law-esque hitting of the wall, post-Queens <laughs> I'm, I, style. I'm quite interested to see her have a go on grass, though. Oh, know, she, wall, I mean, maybe absolutely. maybe not this year because, you know, no, it's all a probably. lot and there's only two weeks and all of that, but she's going to be able to play on grass, isn't she? Surely. Just to complete the golf uh, comparisons, her win and her rise is much more like a golfer at a major really mm. because it doesn't happen that that often in tennis that somebody just comes f- pretty much from nowhere and just wins the thing it happens a lot in golf mm. where it seems mm. you know the top players don't i know i know you might say well there's been a, there have been a lot of different winners in women's tennis recently but most of the winners feel like contenders already and uh, and Krachikova just didn't mm. yeah it was uh it was tough watching 
Pavlichenkova after the match, wasn't it? And she she gave a wonderful speech. Um, but if you've had to wait till as good a player as she is, and it, she she could have this moment again, she abs- she she's good enough to. But you know, she's she's old and wise enough to know she's had to wait till she's twenty nine for her first Grand Slam final. There is a very very good chance that that was her opportunity. And it's now been and gone. And she said that incredibly poignant, humorous comment, didn't she, about, well, she was thanking the friends and family that had come to be there for the final. A group of friends, I think, that flew in specifically for today. And she said, maybe because they thought this would be my only final. That's why they decided to come. They probably thought it was now or never. And, oh, it was heartbreakingly on the nose that comment actually and um yeah I was kind of I was kind of pleased that there were no platitudes about I'm sure we'll see you here again because after tennis relived I feel so uncomfortable about those platitudes because we've seen some of the greatest players receive those I can't help but think about Martina Hingis losing that French Open final and and it's seeming just inevitable that she would be back there lifting the trophy. And she was told as much by everybody involved in that trophy ceremony. And it never happened for her. So, yeah, there was this heavy poignancy, I thought, to to that speech from Pavlyuchenko, as sort of as charming and cheerful as it was in places. So who knows? Who knows? She this could This could spur her on to big things. I don't know whether... Do we want to go into the will this spur Barbora Krachikova on to to other Grand Slam wins things? Or oh, yeah. is that yeah, do we? Okay. I'm yeah. so scarred by the fact that there is a podcast sitting on record in our archive where I definitely say that Elaine Rostopenko is going to go on and do big things and win other slams. Oh, uh, me too. That uh, <laughs> I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you say the big bold things on this one, David and Matt, Actually, if the, you like. I, I think the her game stacks up. I think on a, on an, all the surfaces. I think she. I to be honest, if you'd have shown me her game, I'd have thought Clay would be the least suited because of the way she has this flowing motion. I've always thought you need to have a violent motion in order to play on clay and get the exaggerated top spin you need and all that sort of thing she she just makes a mockery of that and so the game is there and now it appears the belief is there i'm very interested to see whether the appetite is there to just go for it relentlessly and come back again and want it as much the next time as she has this time and also the putting up with the lifestyle, the, the the way things change a little bit now, um, whether that gets tiring for her. But I think she'll embrace it. I think she'll love it. And I think she will be a contender. I don't know whether she'll win again because there are so many good players, but she's going to be a contender. This is Catherine puts you both on the spot time. Who is more likely to win another Grand Slam title out of Kenin and Krachikova? That question just came to me, but I'm quite proud of it. Krachikova. <laughs> Do I have to answer? I have to rush you, teams. Kenin? <laughs> Come on, Herbert. She has reached two finals. She's backed it up. 
Mm. I mean, Krajik have obviously it's, it's only been four hours. She hasn't had the chance to back it up yet. But I don't remember Matt putting Kenin in any quarterfinals at all. <laughs> I'm feeling under under attack. <laughs> Sorry, Matt. Would you like it if we moved on to talk about Pierre Gebert and Nicolas Mayou, Matt? Yes, please. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard Fixed Indemnity Insurance Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at UH1.com. Hello Tennis Podcast listeners, David here. Now you might know that I love a bit of cooking, and I think I'm quite good at it. But if I'm honest, even I get fed up trying to work out what to do every night. That's where Home Chef comes in. Being able to put together a delicious meal without the long prep and the cook times, well that's pretty cool. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. They have over 30 options a week and serve a variety of dietary needs so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. Not only is it convenient, but it's economical too. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Now, for a limited time, Home Chef is offering Tennis Podcast listeners 18 free meals plus free dessert for life and, of course, free shipping on your very first box. Go to homechef.com slash tennis. That's homechef.com slash tennis for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. You heard it right. Well, they have become the French Open doubles champions, men's doubles champions for the second time today. This is their first Grand Slam title since the split and the reunion. And uh-huh. oh, it was, it was, I mean, I really braced myself. Brace for impact is what Matt said uh, when we were, <laughs> when we were approaching the finish line of this match. And it was, it was a long and winding road to get there because uh, Bublik and Golubev, um, Golubik, as uh, Hannah coined them on Twitter, which was brilliant. Uh, they served for the match in the second set. Bublik, in fact, served for the match, and that didn't go brilliantly. Um, <laughs> and yes, yeah, so it was really, it was a really tight tussle, very, very heavily crowd involved. I think. All the crowd stayed. I mean, of course, why wouldn't you? Shame on you if you left, unless you had a really, really good reason. Um, and, yeah, Pierre Rugebert has the balls and he's serving for the match and we're all bracing ourselves. And actually, slightly wobbly first point, but it's quite drama-free. It's the emotions and the celebrations afterwards which are very much not drama-free. I mean... <clears throat> 39-year-old Nicolas Maou could not hold it together at all. The wobbliest bottom lip you've mm-hmm. ever seen. Mm. He's like my nine-year-old son. I love it. It's just uh, it's, something it's happens. And, glorious. And they just, they're so free with the hugging. 
It's and the kissing and the kissing, and it's all so French and so lovely. And there was just this wonderful merci, merci, merci from Herbert to the crowd, and oh, help me with words, Matt. You've said it beautifully, and the crowd has been the major factor in this mm. title run. They've had five of their six matches go to deciding sets, and actually, I think I think Mao said in in his speech in French that actually the first curfew breakage of this tournament was not Nadal Djokovic last night. It was Erban Mao on an outside court in the doubles in the earlier rounds when they allowed the crowd to stay late at night. And they also saved match points against Cabal and Farah. This has been such a difficult tournament to win. And I think they have felt such a connection with the crowd. They already had one, but having played for a year without fans, to be back with fans in their own country on the way to winning Roland Garros for the second time, the first French pair to do that in the men's in the open era is is remarkable. And a first a first Grand Slam title for Pierre Gabert as a father. Oh. And oh. his his son his son Arpère was in the crowd. Does that mean oh. Harper? Harper Herbert, <laughs> which is just a great French name. Is it spelled and Harper? Yes, it right, is. Right, okay. Yeah. 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 Harper Herbert. And Harper <laughs> Herbert, yes. And it, yeah, was, uh, oh, it, was, oh, it was just great. lovely. And then the Marseillaise was that sung. Was, oh. uh, all the while, Alexander Bublik is just sat on his phone. <laughs> <laughs> like a teenager. Yeah. The moment and, he sat down at the bench after that match, you know, Pierre Gobert's busy crying on Nicolas Mayou's shoulder and uh, Bublik's just scrolling through Instagram. Uh, <laughs> and and Golubev said in his speech, right, enough talking, let's go to dinner. <laughs> um, it was all an accident anyway, so they haven't uh, they haven't really lost anything. Bublik's um, off to, to Queens, isn't he? Tight turnaround for um, him. Yeah. Yeah. And so Pierre Gabert and Nicolas Mahou, there's one thing they haven't won, and that is the Olympics. <gasps> oh, don't do that to me, Matt. Could you imagine? And drop that in. Can you imagine that? <sighs> I can, actually. I can yeah. very much We're imagine imagining it, it yeah, right now, and it's really great. <laughs> Could they hold it together sufficiently? Mm. Mm. Five times Grand Slam champion. They're, they're the most successful British. British, uh, I wish. They're the most successful <laughs> French men's doubles team of all time. So, mm. well done, them. British doubles is pretty good at the moment as well, but. Yes, just not relevant are... to this particular conversation, no. David. I'm sure they'll come <laughs> up again at some stage. So, there's just one day remaining in Roland Garros 2021. One. Well, scrub that. Two huge matches. We've got Barbora Krachikova going for the double in the doubles alongside Katerina Siniakova against the woman whose crown she stole, Iga Sviantek, against Bethany Matek-Sands. That arguably is the main event. Uh, but before it, there is the small appetizer, the, the volavant of Stefanos Tsitsipas. <laughs> against Novak Djokovic. 
Who's going to win? Djokovic will win. Yeah, I think Djokovic will win. But I think it could be very close. I think it could go all the way. I think it could go five. Yeah, I think Sitsipas will make a match of it. He'll show up. He'll play well and lose. Mm. I mean, he took him to five last year, didn't he? Mm. Yeah. In the semifinals. Uh, I I think Djokovic will get it down in four, but it, it might be one of those that, you know, feels like a five-setter. I think really close. I think Sitsipas will bring it. And that means Djokovic will have a lot to handle because mm. Sitsipas has got so much to his game. And there is a part of me that thinks going again after beating Nadal is going to be an enormous challenge for Djokovic. Yeah. But he he has a look in his eye and a determination to hunt down these Grand Slam titles. He and can't he let s- this pass, can he? he? That's the thing. He can't. It's it's such a big pressure moment, but he plays so well in those moments. So I, th- I think it could be it could be really excellent. That natural mm. way to shot from Sitsipas is what makes me think he's got a chance because he's got it's kind of an between Dominic team level power and other good players. You know, there are good players who've got good rallying balls and got a decent forehand or whatever. But Sitsipas has got a natural weight to his shots. And then there's the Dominic team. You you blink and it's gone, but it's a bit wild and it can go off and miss. And um, I still I still think Djokovic will find a way, but I don't feel that confident about it. We're, we're, we're trying to keep all our options open because we've been surprised and embarrassed and caught out so very many times. By this French Open, haven't we? I I said, I I think Sitsipas will bring it. I think it will be a really close contest and I think Djokovic will win. Okay. But I, 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 yeah, I don't, I don't feel that confident about that. Um, Yeah, and we had a, there's not the time to deep dive on it now, but we had a, a discussion earlier on the WhatsApp about, you know, the significance of, players having to beat one of the big three to win their first Grand Slam title. None of the big three had to beat the big three to win their first. You know, that yeah. they they crossed that Rubicon and slightly more easily, with all due respect to, to those they were facing, they were facing non-Grand Slam champions. The golfing, ex- the golfing experience on, the, on that stage is a massive factor you know and I always give props to Andy Murray and Stan Wawrinka that they okay they've got way fewer slams but they've had to do it beating the big three along the way whereas the big three had the opportunity to become the big three Mm. with no big three in their way Mm. (laughs) Um, I mean Nadal Nadal and Djokovic both beat Federer in the semis en route to their first slam but it's not the final. Mm. And the final is a different proposition altogether, I think. Mm. Yeah. So that's tomorrow. There's just the two finals. We had the boys and girls uh, singles finals today. We got a French winner in the boys. Well, we knew it was going to be a French winner because it was an all-French final. We had Luca Van Ash, who is 16 years old. He was born in 2004. 
Actually, no, he's just turned 17. Not quite as young as I thought. Uh, and he beat Arthur Fees in the final. 7-5, oh, 6-4, 6-2 in the final. And in the girls' final, it's Linda. Linda that won. Another check. Another check. Linda Noskova. Uh, also born in 2004. She is 16 because her birthday is in November. And she beat er- Erica Andreva, also 16, soon to turn 17. These are very young people. I often think about the future when Erica Andreva is like a seven-time Grand Slam champion and we'll just dig out the little clip of us <laughs> yeah. like, Erica and- We it- <laughs> saw it coming, sort of. Uh, just, just quickly to bring you up to date with what's been happening on grass uh, in Nottingham this week. There's been a WTA 250 uh, event and uh, Zhang Shui... Uh, beat Lauren Davis in the first semi-final today. And Johanna Konta, the top seed, beat Nina Stojanovic in the second, 7-5 in the third. Uh, really tight match. So it'll be Zhang against Konta in tomorrow's final. Very odd to be talking about grass already. I know you have both spent your day looking at grass, so maybe it's a bit less odd to you. But it's yeah, just it's a, it's a whirlwind's time of year. Yes, as if... Those two finals weren't enough. Tomorrow will also be the big reunion of the other big three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I went there. Uh, yeah, no, you will. Uh, You'll get to see the grass and it looks gorgeous at the moment. Um, and yeah, because we all work at the Since Championships at Queen's. Catherine will be presenting telly. Um, I'll be running around organising people. David, David will just be signing autographs, mostly, well. by the sounds <laughs> of things. Uh, Matt yeah. will be being mistaken for, for Pierre Rugobert, just being congratulated on his on his French <laughs> Open title the whole time. Uh, so that's mm-hmm. next week. We'll obviously be covering it in, uh, in the tennis podcast, but we've still got one more Roland Garros daily to come. Goodness me, who knows what we'll be saying this time tomorrow. I, yeah, I know we've done predictions, but it, yeah, we expect the unexpected, don't we? It's been, it's been a heck of a ride so far. A ride we've taken with lovely Phoebe, our mascot, the lovely Corgi. Hello to Phoebe. Uh, We've taken all the ups and downs with Zeus, with Scousel Mousel and with Rogue, who I think scored a win today. Yes, finally, I've stopped humiliating you, Rogue. Sorry about that. But Tell we're, you what, we're, when you know. Krujikova had the break points at the start of the second, I was pretty feeling pretty sweet about uh, Mina Zeus's prediction. But alas, we have one more chance tomorrow to top the tables. We might, we might, Zeus, have to do a Hail Mary tomorrow. If you see a slightly perturbing prediction crop up in the newsletter, it's, <laughs> it's because I've done a mathematical calculation and we're in go big or go home territory. So there we go. Uh, Chris Albert Lee is our executive producer. Billy Jean, sponsored by Billy Jean King, is just whiling away her day in hammocks at my mum and mum and dad's house, having a lovely time. Matt, who are our penultimate French Open shout outs for? They are for Carolyn Koo. Oh, Karen. that's a 
famous person name. Carolyn Koo. Yeah. That's very it's Singer. a very sing sing song name, that isn't it? Indeed. Lovely. Mm. Thanks ever so much Lovely. for your support, Carolyn. We've got a tennis player name here. No way. Simona Antonescu. Oh, I mean Oh. A hundred percent. All right, Simona. What Simo- sort of Simona must have some Romanian heritage, surely. Yeah. Let us know, Simona. She's got a massive serve, I think. Oh, right. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, Matt, third shout out. Third one today is Pauline Pelletier. Oh, a French oh. name. How perfect. How fitting. Lovely. Pauline, That's a, thank a you so much. A little bit like Pauline Parmentier. Mm. Oh, is that how you say it? I've been saying that wrong for the last 10 years. Mm. She was honoured this tournament. There was a there was a ceremony for her oh. earlier in the tournament. Was it a, she retired recently. Was it a oh, ceremony she. that um, had to be conducted incredibly quickly because of some fumbled scheduling? <laughs> because of an impending curfew. With an, impen- <laughs> with an impending curfew. <laughs> I think there have been a few of those. I hope she got her, her moment in the sun. That's it for your penultimate French Open tennis podcast. What a pair of, well, no, a trio of champions we've had today. Barbora Krachikova and Pierre Rugebert and Nicola Mau. It's been quite a day. We've got one more to come tomorrow. Sign up to the newsletter if you want to see what kind of Hail Marys end up coming to pass. <laughs> and check out Matt's wonderful stats. And we will speak to you tomorrow. 